This will change your whole life. It's reprogramming your brain so that instead of being so busy with the need to shelter you from the things that cause you discomfort, it allows more capacity for your brain to pick up on the things that you want and bring you closer to your real desires. And that's what makes you so magnetic. Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, where we discuss all things thought work and manifestation, but we use neuroscience and the study of the brain to do so. I'm your host, Tessa Spizak. I'm a board-certified practitioner, master life and health coach, and seasoned executive speaker. If you're ready to create your highest value lifestyle and turn your dream life into a reality, you're in the right place. Let's get right into today's episode. Hey, hey guys, and welcome to another episode here on the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me here, and I hope you are all feeling fantastic as we roll into the new year. If you are new, welcome, and don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss a conversation. And of course, if this resonates, make sure to post it on your story or share with your friends who could use the boost as well. I personally have been really focused these last few weeks on the things that I want more of. Not coming from a place of lack, but instead really looking at my gratitude lists and my happy little things journal entries and getting excited about the things that excite me, so to speak. And one thing that's worth noting about me and even my style of coaching is that I really like to spend more time and effort on bringing in the things that I want more of rather than being so focused on reducing or removing the things I want less of. I like that to essentially be just a natural swap. And I'm sure this stems from the way I personally learn and change and grow through things, especially the difficult stuff like creating new habits or new thought patterns or really just changing the things that feel a bit more ingrained. And while I do believe that this way of looking at things is much more freeing and exciting, and I really think it opens you up more to creating what you want rather than, again, using all that time, energy, and resources on avoiding the things you don't, I also know we got to make some space and clear some things out from time to time, getting rid of the things that we don't want so that there is room for the things that we do. So I want you to think of this episode like that. We're doing some pre-spring cleaning, but for your own headspace. Literally, I want to talk about doing away with old habits and subconscious behavior that keep you from achieving at the level that you know you could, that you know you're capable of. And this does come with a purpose, of course. Everything we do is purposeful around here. Every conversation always has a purpose. And the purpose behind what I'm going to talk about today is not only that it's going to make you feel better, which it will, not only will it make your headspace clearer, literally on a neural level, which it will, but it will also make you so much more magnetic to the things that you do want. And that gets us back to our regularly scheduled programming of spending our time and focus on the good of what we want more of. But what do I mean about being magnetic? What is it to exude that magnetic personality? 
What I mean is the ability to draw the people, places, things, experiences that you want to you. I'm sure we all know or have seen someone that just drips with that magnetism. These are the people that you want to know more about. You want to know how they think and what they're doing and how they're doing it. They seem to be just lucky, like lucky girl syndrome, right? But they seem to just easily influence or motivate the people around them. They're a bit infectious and they have that ability to, again, draw in seemingly everything that they want, like a magnet. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's a lot of talk lately from people like Mel Robbins and Tracy Outzuka of the benefits of picking almost an overarching theme for your year, like a word spoken over their whole year. And if I were to do that, I would absolutely put being magnetic or being a magnetic person as mine. So in doing so, today I'm going to share with you the five habits to absolutely break up with and leave behind so that you can exude a magnetic personality for yourself. So let's get right into it. First thing that we are breaking up with and leaving behind is breaking up with a habit of saying anything over your life that you do not want to be true. As you know, I am a huge believer that your words hold merit, and the feeling that you have when you say it holds just as much merit. So quit negatively prophesying things that you don't want over your life. You absolutely do not want to insult yourself with something that you don't want to be true. Now, let me give you a really simple example here because I'm talking about very short experiences so I, a couple days ago, I was getting ready in the morning, and it was just one of those one fail swoop. I knocked everything off my counter, dropped my clip, and it broke, dropped my heaviest, of course, eye cream right on my toe, and immediately I think like, oh my god, I, I'm just so clumsy. Here we go again, right? That's super familiar. Duh. It's very normal in that instance to just say something really mean to ourselves. Like, ugh, I'm so stupid. Look, of course I did, right? That's one that I had to break up with a while ago is just that thought of, ugh, of course I did. Because that's so gross. You would not allow someone else to say that to you. You definitely wouldn't say that to someone you love. So definitely don't say it to you. Because what you're doing is literally instilling that thought into your brain in that moment. This is manifesting, besties. This is what we're talking about here. Even just in that second, what is manifesting is getting really clear about something, but also leaning into that feeling as you declare it to be true. So unfortunately, we can do this with the negative as well. If you are genuinely feeling really frustrated with yourself or angry with yourself just in that one second or that one moment, and then you declare it as well, like, oh, of course I did. That's the same thing. So you definitely want to break up with that. And if you catch yourself doing it, I need you to do the opposite. And I don't care if you cringe at this. This might sound simple. But if you cringe and you feel that this is something that's too lame or something you can't do, it's your own ego that needs to be checked. You find yourself doing this like this morning that I had, I need you to say three nice things to yourself. Simple as that. It 
took a second to be nasty to yourself. It can be just as quick of a second to say nice things. It says, no, you know, I'm really smart. I'm really careful. I'm put together by doing all of this morning skincare and what have you anyway. This is fine. I'm good. You might not be looking at this as as big of a deal as this is, but again, your words hold those merits, especially when you speak something as a truth, when you are feeling like it's true. Again, even if it's just for that second, that's going to start programming your brain to believe this. So if it's a natural and normal habit for you to speak something negative over yourself, That means that at some level, your brain believes this. So instead, start reprogramming it with things that you actually do want to believe. And this makes me fall into my second habit that we are breaking up with. But this is also true for how you speak about your experiences. Apply it here. We have to stop quantifying things as hard or difficult before we even try. Because this will just make it more true when we're affirming the negative. Genuinely. Because hard or difficult is really just a mindset. It's like how nervousness and excitement, they're almost the exact same physiological experience within the body. Both of these things produce an elevated heart rate. They give you the feeling of butterflies in your stomach. They both might make you start sweating. It really turns on your sweat glands. And in both cases, your body is readying itself for action. The only difference here is how you feel about it mentally. Deciding that something will be difficult readies your body for difficulty. It creates a resistance in your brain because your brain doesn't like to do things that give you discomfort. So if you don't decide for yourself, again, before you even experience this thing, you don't want to decide that it's going to be hard, cause you discomfort, it's going to take all this stress, fill in the blank with the negative here. If you don't do this, your brain won't start blocking you before you even start. And I'm really going to get into it a little bit deeper talking about the brain here with my third bit because they really all do tie in very, very similarly. So first, we are breaking the habit of prophesying or saying anything over ourself that we don't want to be true, speaking negatively about ourself. We are absolutely breaking the habit of, again, in that same tune, speaking negatively over your experiences But overall, this is the habit that I need you to break. Break the habit of complaining. Now, this is different than explaining your situation, but just good old complaining. Be mindful and watch when you do it and do your best to stop. And here's the reason behind it. Because complaining quite literally reprograms your brain for negativity. So complaining about yourself, complaining about your activities or what's coming up for you and just overall complaining, just that negative speak reprograms your brain for negativity. And this isn't just something that I'm saying. This is very true. And this is research at a level where your actual brain is observed. My favorite study to talk about this is, and I mean, there's so many, but there was one done at Stanford that I believe just explains it really, really well. The research that was done shows that most people complain about once a minute during a typical conversation. And that's because it's tempting. 
It feels good in that moment. It's kind of a relief. But it feels good in the same way that the good feelings things that aren't so good for us do. Like smoking feels good to humans. That's why so many people get addictive. Just like drugs. Just like a lot of sugar or fatty food feels good in that moment. Laying on the couch and binging your favorite show or scrolling away instead of doing your responsibilities does feel good in that moment, even though long-term there will definitely be consequences. We're going to have to deal with those consequences. We're going to have to deal with the negative self-talk and the disapprovement of ourself and maybe the self-judgment that comes along with it, what have you. But in that moment, it does feel good. So I just wanted to make that note. We'll go back to the study. But along with that, our brains really, really love efficiency, and they don't like to work any harder than they have to. That's why repeating a habit creates a behavior, because our brain likes that efficiency. When you do something and you do it again and again and again, your neurons really do branch out to each other and create that new neural pathway, which is that place for transaction of information. And in doing that act, it's easier for your brain to do it. Again, we've already got a spot for that flow of information. I even talked about this a bit last episode. If you missed it, it's literally like a trail in your brain. The more you walk it, the easier it is to walk it, the easier it is to do. This absolutely influences your behavior in the future because it can really become subconscious that this is the way you do things. But this is the same for complaining. That the more you complain, the more your brain is trained to complain. So it becomes easier. You can even complain, not even realizing that you're doing it, that that's your default behavior because it's subconscious. So that's why you hear me say things like this from time to time in my coaching, that repeated complaining literally rewires your brain to make it easier and more likely that you'll complain again in the future. And over time, you'll genuinely find it easier to be negative about things than positive, regardless of what's happening. Complaining, again, becomes that default behavior. And that changes how people perceive you. This negative mindset is literally the opposite of magnetic. This is not what you're drawn to. And not only that, but please know this, and it truly blew my mind, you have to know this, that constant and habitual complaining actually shrinks the hippocampus, which is the part of your brain that is critical for problem solving and all intelligent thought. Damage to the hippocampus is really scary, especially when you know that that's what Alzheimer's does. That is the primary place of the brain that is destroyed by Alzheimer's. So constant complaining as crazy as, as it is to say this, can cause similar effects to that of Alzheimer's. So you just need to know that. One that you probably already know is it also releases cortisol, our stress hormone. So that completely dysregulates our nervous system, puts you into that sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight mode. And just like I said before, this is preparing your body for that fight or flight. So it's going to raise your blood pressure. It's going to raise your blood sugar. It's going to tighten your muscles so that you're able to either fight or run away. That's where fight or flight comes from. It is a real survival instinct that the things that stress you out, the things that raise your cortisol, it's to keep you safe. 
So if you see a lion, it naturally raises that cortisol. It does these things to your body so that you can either fight it or run from it. But in today's society, when we get stressed, we don't do anything. So if we are constantly complaining, constantly seeking out the negative, this is just the way our body starts to work, that's going to leave you in a constant system of a dysregulated nervous system, constantly ready to fight or flight. So this is absolutely taking away from the functionality of your body, from your ability to your body to really listen to you. It's going to ruin your immune system. It can lead to absolutely everything being inflamed. And as you know, or as I'll tell you now, just about every ailment, sickness, anything comes from inflammation. Look at anything with itis on the end, all inflammation derived. So all these things being said, we have got to get out of this negative mindset. And one really easy way to do this, to counteract this, is simple. So you got to practice gratitude. Go to those gratitude lists. Go to your happy little things list. And this is true also in the study. I'm not just saying this. The act of practicing gratitude can actually reduce your stress hormone by 23%. So instead of complaining, instead of talking negatively to yourself, or instead of quantifying something as hard or difficult or fill in the blank before you even get to it, instead, practice your gratitude. Doing this helps reset essentially that factory setting away from the negative. And that brings me to our fourth of five habits that we are breaking up with and moving away from leaving in yesteryear. This one does veer off a little bit. I know those first three were a bit more similar, but number four is stop lying to yourself. The OGs who have been around this podcast for a while know this is something that I really, really harp on, is that you cannot get your brain to stop trusting you. This is incredibly detrimental. Just like complaining, lying will actually change your brain. This affects the amygdala, which is the part of the brain where we process our emotional responses. And this is because when we lie to ourselves, not only do we have to deal with all the negatives that come from not doing what we said we were going to do, it also causes real, genuine stress and grief and anxiety and an entire other list of negative emotions. And as I said before, our brains, really simply put, don't like that. They don't like things that cause us harm. They don't like things that feel bad to us. So to make up for it, our brain will actually start to assume the things that you said you were going to do aren't going to happen. And it does that so it can reduce that bad feeling, reduce the guilt, strain, strife, anxiety that comes along with all the bad feelings when we say we were going to do something and don't do it. So to make those things not feel as bad, again, your brain is going to essentially start to assume that you're not going to make it happen so that it doesn't feel as bad when it doesn't happen. And the problem with this is Later on, when you really do try to stick to your word, when you say you're going to do something and you really intend on doing it, this is not the common neural pathway for your brain. It's not used to this. So your brain is going to start to pour out all of these reasons, make you think all of these things as to why you shouldn't do the thing 
so that it doesn't have to deal with that pain from the letdown or the shame that you've experienced too many times from breaking that promise to yourself. And for most people, this is going to lead to a really strong case of cognitive dissonance, where our thoughts don't match our actions. Because again, the more we do it, the easier it is to do. So for example, if you know you want to move your body and eat something fresh, but decide not to, you're more likely to continue to make that decision not to. If you know you should drink water instead of have a cocktail, but you pour it anyway, same thing. You know you need to save for that investment, but blow it all for a little dopamine hit and these little silly purchases anyway, you know what I mean. This continues. And the only way to turn this mental loop around is to manage through the discomfort and do what you said you were going to do. Set an achievable standard for yourself, something that you know you can do, and make sure it happens. You can absolutely start with the easy things if you need to. Just the simple little bits of actually doing what you said you were going to do will be able to build on that and recreate those neural networks in the brain that says, hey, I actually can do the things that I set out to do. And this allows you to really tap into the reward system of your brain and those little pleasure molecules. And I'll get into that in just a second as we go into our fifth and final habit that we are breaking up with and moving away from. And that is not celebrating the little wins, not taking your little victories as the celebration that they should be. And this step is so, so important. It keeps you reminded as to why you are pushing or working or growing outside of your comfort zone. And again, this affects you positively on a neural level. It taps into that reward system I just mentioned. And without getting too deep into the weeds about it, there's a really renowned neuroscientist named Andrew Huberman, and he put it really simply like this. He said, dopamine as we normally think of it is released in response to things that we want to achieve and also to the act of achieving them. So these so-called reward or pleasure molecules are actually released anytime we subjectively think we are heading in the right direction. The more dopamine that we have and the more dopamine that we produce, the more willing that we are able to continue down the path. Low dopamine leads to low motivation and unwillingness to pursue our goals. High dopamine or moderate dopamine even gives us the willingness to pursue our goals in that high motivation. So if you want to be someone who is magnetic and really creates an energy that allows for really big wins, you need to be willing and able to celebrate everything as just as big of a win along the way. Doing all of these things creates a mass amount of confidence. Confidence is really created, again, in the same way that we create that dopamine, is when we do the things we set out to do, that creates self-confidence. And when you are confident, this is how you become magnetic, when you know you have something. Others are going to know it too. They're going to be drawn to that. Our brains have this lovely little way of trying to Paint the picture for us. As I said, it really appreciates simplicity. So if you go out with the belief that you get what you want, you achieve what you want, you think in a way that is confidence producing, that is magnetic, then your brain is going to start seeking out things that prove that to be true. I've talked about it quite a bit. It's your reticular activating system in the brain. 
It believes what you tell it. It's the filter for everything that you see. So the more you believe you are lucky, things are drawn to you, what you want is there and ready for the taking, your brain literally changes. That's what it starts to look for. That's what it starts to seek out rather than things to complain about, things to find that are going to be hard or difficult. Instead of protecting you from the things that cause you pain, cause you discomfort, that's not its base layer anymore. That's not what it's working towards. Instead, your brain is on your side and it's going to search out and seek out more of the things that make you feel this good, that make you feel magnetic. So when you find speaking something over yourself that you don't want to be true or associating a negative word with yourself, immediately check your ego at the door. Get real and say three loving, true, real things that you want to be more true about yourself. Same thing when it comes to your experiences. If you don't want something to be hard or difficult or laborious for you, quit saying it will be. Go in with a different mindset. As a reminder, even anxiety and excitement are the same physiological experience. The only difference is the way we think of it. So stop thinking in ways that you don't want to be true. Overall, I feel like this is an umbrella for the first two. Stop complaining. We are leaving that habit behind. This reprograms the brain for negativity. We don't want that to be the easiest neural pathway for our thoughts to go down is finding the negative, searching for the negative, and allowing that to become our subconscious trait. Instead, we're going and looking through everything that we love, everything that is pleasing to us, that brings us pleasure and gets us closer to what we want. Focus on our gratitude. It's going to release and reduce our cortisol, putting us back into that homeostasis within our body so that our brains and our bodies can actually do what we want them to do, getting out of fight or flight. This includes stop lying to yourself. We cannot have your brain not trusting you, not believing the things that you want to do. And one of the best ways to do this is to celebrate. Celebrate your little wins. Allow yourself to tap into that pleasure and reward system of your brain and use it to your own advantage. If you want to be magnetic, you have to be open and excited about all of the good things to allow more of the same. As within, so without. You want to attract good to you? You better be good to you too, besties. But all right, my loves, that's where I'll leave us today. I want to thank you so much for joining in on this conversation with me. And each week, every Monday, we're going to be posting a new episode going a little bit deeper into the conversation of what you can do to train your brain on purpose to really allow for the lifestyle that you want to live. Until next time, my loves, in the meantime, here's to your health and your happiness. Mm -hmm.